I went from working out two hours a day and doing like five to 10 hour long runs on the weekend to I have to take a two hour nap after I go grocery shopping. Running 100 miles seems impossible and maybe even kind of crazy. And it is, but we believe in big crazy dreams. That's why we ran 100 miles. It was such a life-changing experience for us, we decided to devote this podcast to preparing and inspiring you to run your first ultra race. Are you ready to feel the highest highs and the lowest lows? Are you ready to do what you once thought was impossible? Are you ready for your trail to 100? Joining us here on Trail to 100, the podcast made to help you finish your first 100-mile race. My name is Jacob Bateman, and joined along with me today is my beautiful and lovely wife, Melody. Hello. And it's just the two of us today. Back to the OG style. Back to the OG. So we have had an exciting past month, Melody. We have. Yes, we have. We have. So yes. Melody, how about you tell the Trail to 100 Nation what you have been doing, along with myself, this past month? So, this month we did the TFNU Four Peak Challenge. TFNU is the Trails Foundation of Northern Utah. I'm wearing their t-shirt right now. Boom! And the challenge was to hike the four major peaks here in Ogden, Utah. And those peaks are Ben Lomond, Lewis Peak, Mount Ogden, and Malin's Peak. Yeah. And I thought that that would be a perfect challenge for me this year. It gives me something to shoot for. gives me something to kind of train for since I can't really run right now. And I know everyone who who listens to our to all of our podcasts they're thinking back to the very first episode when we announced we were pregnant and i was like my goal is to run a 50k while pregnant and everyone's laughing at me yeah i know i know but hey we we found something to do and it was a really fun challenge it was definitely a challenge super funny to go from you know, basically running these peaks every single day to it was a struggle to just hike four of them in a month. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, these are, there's, so, I mean, they're, they're, they're big peaks. climbs. Like, they're big climbs. Mount Ogden had like 4,500 feet of vert. And it was about 11 and a half miles. Yeah. On really also, technical. very technical. I sprained my ankle every single time I'm on that trail. Yeah. Every and single time. Ben Lohman was like 3,500, and that's 16 miles. And then trip. And Lewis Peak, 10 and a half miles with what was it? It was like 3,300 feet of vert. So, good amount of climbing. And then the small one is Malin's Peak, which is. The five route we took, ish. five and a half with like 2,500 feet. Yeah, about yeah. 20, 2,200. Yeah, so so there's still big climbs. When you hike them, they take all day. Yeah. So our, What was our longest time? It was Mount Ogden. And what was that? How long eight, did that Eight take? and a half hours? Or was it eight hours solid? I think it was eight and a half. Something like that. Something yeah, like but that. but also we spent a lot of time chilling at the top. These weren't races, so we did stop and take pictures. Yeah. and. And that was kind of the point of these challenges was like, okay, we can't really run. Well, so you let's, can't run. I'm, yeah, excuse me, I can't run. <laughs> so we're like, okay, let's just do the best we can. The goal is to just finish them. It was kind of fun to slow down and stop and take pictures. And I, this is what I'll say though, is the way back down, all of them, 
that's the hardest part because hiking is so slow. It's so slow. It is. Uh, oh man. And like the amount of stuff that you have to bring with you because you're just out there longer, you got to carry so much stuff and it. And you're carrying a big pregnant belly. Right. And Jacob on all of the peaks, he wore a backpack on his belly. Two times he hiked up a watermelon. One of them was an 18 pounder. <laughs> that, that was rough. That was actually probably the hardest peak for me was the 18 pound <laughs> watermelon. That was the first one. That so was maybe my legs, peak. Maybe my legs got stronger after that. Maybe. But you guys, this was funny. Towards the end, Jacob was legitimately mad. We hiked. It was me, Jacob. Oh, excuse me. Pregnancy. I hiccup and burp all day. Okay. Anyways. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Jacob. At the end, he was really frustrated. And we hiked with my dad. Oh my gosh, this isn't going to stop. I'm sorry. We hiked with my dad, my uncle, and some cousins. And anyways, we're getting at the bottom and you're getting towards the bottom and everyone's asking Jacob, like, how are you doing? How's baby doing? And Jacob is like, my back is killing me. My feet hurt. And the worst part is I can't see my feet. I kept slipping. <laughs> you can see that coming down is the hardest yeah, part. Yeah, you can't see where you're stepping and the rock's all loose. And right. And I it was, was funny because Jacob was mad and we were all laughing I just laughing wanted to be him. left alone at that point. You were not in a good mood. Yes. <laughs> Leave but me it, alone. It was very validating for me. And it, it was, yeah. And then I'm like, dang, no wonder Melody, you know, is restricted the way you are i'm like geez like this really is tough well when to i try said to hike with this kind of weight on your front end it's just weird your your yeah. weight is just different you know and then and then of course and i'm not dealing with all the organ distension and whatever's going on inside <laughs> of you well that's what i was gonna say is the next thing that you need to do to make it more like realistic or more like being pregnant is you need to do it with breathing through a straw the whole time oh yeah because <laughs> you're breathing it's like your lungs are just squished you know and it's harder to breathe and then anyways i i can go off and complain but but i won't we're we're happy to be pregnant but lots of people were giving you kudos out on the trail not gonna lie, it was a little bit fun. I've learned as a as a pregnant person, you do become a bit of a spectacle, especially when you're on top of a mountain. So it was fun when yeah, lots of comments like "Holy crap, you're killing it!" or "You're superwoman!" or and of course, this was all done against doctors' recommendations. Which don't tell people that. <laughs> What? No, I mean, it, just like your first hundred, it was yeah. done against doctor recommendations. It's true, but but let me explain. I'm not I'm not being stupid. I mean, okay, I'm probably being a little bit stupid, but I called my doctor. I the reason I can't run right now is because of SPD, which is dang it, I forget what it's called. Anyways, it's SPD, y'all. SPD. <laughs> That's what it is. No, I I have pain in in my pelvis and around my pubic bone. My my hips are anyone who's like a doctor, nurse, or PT who's listening to this is probably rolling their eyes, but my my left pelvis is like rotated forward. Anyways, I I got some pain and some instability there. Yeah. So I, I am doing pelvic floor physical therapy and I do have a lot of restrictions right now, which is really hard. And my doctor said one of the biggest no-nos was stairs and hiking. So anyways, but, but this is what happened is 
first I called my OB, who I I was never able to get a hold of her. So my message was kind of, was given to my OB kind of through the grapevine and then was given back to me through a nurse and said, your OB said not, not to do the challenge. And I was like, well, I didn't even get to talk to my OB. Like, I feel like she doesn't even know what's happening. So anyways, I was like, you know, I'm just, I'm going to do it because I feel okay. I'm going to take it really easy. I started, you know, I looked up SPD exercises on YouTube and was doing exercises and, and ab bracing and all of this work. And I was feeling a lot better and I did the hikes. I just went really slow, took small steps. And then I started doing pillow for physical therapy. And I asked my doctor the same thing, like, hey, I'm doing this challenge. And, and she basically was like, she's like, you can do it. You can do the challenge. She did say to like space out the climbs, which I didn't really do. No, we did like four weeks in a row. Because I just wanted to get over with. And and I, I also didn't want to risk like being 35 weeks pregnant on top of the mountain, you know? Yep. So So she said like, I could do it, but just be careful. She gave me exercises. So we were... We weren't totally stupid. You know, I listened to my body and we've finished it now. So no more big hikes until baby comes. We're just focusing on. Which will be in like two months. Yeah. Yeah. Woohoo. So we're just focusing so, on getting stronger and, and recovering now. And you Melody, guys, I'm, I'm dying. I'm dying. What are you dying about? I'm not being able to run. It, I went from working out two hours a day and doing like five to ten hour long runs on the weekend to I have to take a two hour nap after I go grocery shopping. And I'm dying. <laughs> well, I think you're killing it. Thank you, babe. So I am proud of my pregnant wife and I'm proud of her for hiking all those peaks six to seven months pregnant. Thank you. And <laughs> dealing with the big belly and there were some days that you just they weren't feeling very good but you still did it and so i'm proud of you for getting out and doing it thank you what did you learn from these four weeks of hiking these four peaks that are going to help you in your ultra running journey well i will say this hiking is like we've already mentioned hiking is very different from running and i think there's a lot of like mental benefit for both of us. And, and also my dad, who he's the one, I feel like he struggled more than me to slow down on the runs, especially on the downhill. He joined us for three out of the four. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He, you could tell that <laughs> it was hard on him he, mentally he was to slow down. Yeah. But, but he was, he was so nice and he slowed down and, and I'd sometimes apologize or, or I'd just be like, thanks for slowing down for the prego or whatever. And, and he was like, well, you've slowed down for me lots of times. And in the beginning of his running journey, you know, I walked many miles with him and, and anyway, so everyone who hiked um, with us was super nice and slowed down with me, but I think it was really beneficial to slow down. Like I was saying before, to stop and take pictures, to hang out at the top and eat some food. There's just something, just something about slowing down. You know what I mean? And I don't know what it was like for you guys. I feel like it was probably even harder for you guys because you could have gone faster. I couldn't, I mean, I was going as fast as I could, but I think I learned to just really I don't know, be present and enjoy where I was at. Honestly, the biggest thing was taking pictures. Like it's such a pretty, pretty year this year with all the extra rainfall and, and moisture. There's, there's more wildflowers than there usually are. There's more water than there usually is. And it's just pretty. And I feel like usually we just run past all of this 
and we don't fully take it in. But I feel like on these hikes, we were able to actually really fully take in where we were and like take the pretty pictures. And it was just fun to be out there, you know. So you learned that taking pictures will help you on your ultra running journey. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's important to to slow down and take pictures. And I feel like you can you can apply Spoken that to like life, a too. Trail runner. No, I, I'm serious. No, you do. I am dead serious because it's about being present and appreciating where you're at. I think if all the time it's just about going fast and winning or getting a PR, then then some of the magic is taken out of it. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying. Yeah, so you're making fun of me. To be present. Yeah. And to take really pretty pictures for Instagram. All <laughs> oh, for Instagram. I'm just kidding. Not for yourself, guys. <laughs> Only take the pictures if they are no, to post. I'm just kidding. That's just a cherry on top. If you get a really good pic and then all your runner friends like it and you're like, yeah, I'm a photographer. But no, I think, I think that's a big thing. And honestly, I think another thing is giving myself grace. I had to learn to, I, you know, everyone who hiked with us, it, it's, it was all guys, right? The first time when we did, I mean, there were a few other girls, but when we did Ben Lomond, it was mostly men in our group, it was mainly like Jacob, my dad and my uncle. And I know, like it kind of felt a little bit lonely. I felt a little bit awkward. I felt a little bit uncomfortable. I felt like is too much testosterone flowing around. <laughs> no, that's not what I mean. <laughs> what I mean is I just feel like the people I were with, even though you were all so, so kind to slow down, you're all so respectful. Everybody helped me carry things and no one complained. It still felt like, you know, because you guys are guys, I just feel like no one totally understands like where I'm coming You're from. You're right. You know what I we mean? We don't and we won't. Right. And, and I guess I'm just used to being like, I don't know, like I'm, I'm the strong girl who comes and runs with the guys and now you were the pretty princess. And now I'm like the pretty princess the and everyone has princess. to carry stuff for me and slow down for me. Everyone is treating me a little bit more like gently. Everyone's a little bit more concerned for me. And it was just different. You know what I'm saying? Not not a bad different. Where did where did this start? This, sorry, I know. I I'm just I'm just babbling. What what I was saying to have is have mercy on yourself. <laughs> no grace. Oh. <laughs> Thank you for bringing it back around. <laughs> yeah, I I've learned to have grace with myself. I definitely struggle with self-talk. I'm super, super hard on myself. I, I know a lot of runners who are listening can relate because a lot of us are type A, right? And Not me. No, not you. But but you still struggle with negative self-talk. Yeah, I struggle with that. We all struggle with that. Yeah. Anyway, so I've had to learn to like, as as everyone else around me is like being more gentle with me, I'm like, I also need to be more gentle with me. Because here I am expecting myself to do everything that I could do before. But I have to remind myself that my capacity to do things right. is a lot more You're limited. You're sharing your body with another human. Right. And so that's going to limit you. Right. And and I've also realized like I, I have some pride that I need to swallow. And, you know, like asking for help has been hard. Having you carry my things, I I felt so guilty every time. And then I was like embarrassed to say like, hey, I want to bring up this extra water just in case. And I felt bad because it was more stuff for you to carry, but I knew I couldn't carry it. So so that was just kind of hard. 
you know, so I guess that's another lesson is like learning how to ask for help and accepting where I'm at and what my capabilities are right now. Dang, you just keep going and letting people help. My goodness. So. I, I've learned a lot. I feel like I'm a different human than, than really? I was before I got pregnant. Oh, oh yeah. I thought I thought you were talking about this challenge made you a different human. Uh, well, oh, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the, the challenge made me grow a lot, too. I mean, I feel like a lot of these lessons have been learned in life and also in the challenge. Okay. So ultra running lessons learned from this challenge was take pictures. AKA be present. AKA be present, which I think, yes, you need to do when you're out there doing these runs. Stop worrying about, like, there's times to worry about time and pace, but there's also times to just be present. Yeah, yeah. Have grace for yourself. Mm -hmm. So if things, if you aren't able to do it as you originally wanted to do it, it's okay as long as you still get out there and try and do something. And just do what you can. Yeah. Like for me, the the TFNU challenge, like this was the best that I could do right yeah. now. Yeah, and and it pushed you. Mm-hmm. I it, saw it you did. struggle out there on it a couple hard. of those mountains. And then the third one was let people help you. Ask, yeah, ask for help and let people help. Yeah, don't be too prideful to turn down a helping hand. I think those are three great lessons for ultra running. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to succeed in running 100 miles, I think you need all three of those. You got to be because present. if you, you don't let people help. Yeah. If you don't learn how to be present on a 100 mile race or just through the training, you're going to start to hate life. Mm-hmm. Because And if you don't have grace, holy cow, who who keeps a 100 mile training plan perfectly? Probably 1% of everyone who trains for 100 miles. Right. I, I, I bet you some people have. Right. But... Most people don't, and your body is going to need breaks here and there, and your body's going to say no here and there. And, and there's going to be life stressors yeah. and things that come up that keep you from yeah. doing what you there's need to be do. Time constraints. So there's you might have may just been you might have just been lazy for a day. Oh well, maybe have maybe you're working through an injury. Yeah, maybe have, you're injured and you're coming back. Yeah, you know. Yeah, have some grace. Start working on getting better. And then the third one was <laughs> okay. So let was, other people yes, help you. Yeah, ask for help and let other people help. Yep. And golly, if we just would have let more people help us through our first hundred, we could have saved so many headaches and asked for more help. Well, we asked for. Well, you know, I take that back. We didn't ask for a lot of help. A lot of people offered their help, but well, we let them help. Yeah, we let people help, but but, but we did ask for help. We too, didn't. Yeah. We did. Yeah, but we also didn't. We didn't ask a lot of ultra runners for help. Yeah, and well, we also we just didn't really know. Ultra I know, at the time. but but we let our like you know self conscious fears of you know they're gonna think we're doing they're this gonna, wrong. Yeah, you know, get true. to us and prevent us from asking for more help, and so that led to a lot of hard runs. Yeah, hard, miserable runs that probably could have been gone a lot smoother if we would have just asked. Started for help. asking around for more help, and yeah, because ultra runners were all around. Because we did try to do it all on our own. We just yeah. did all of our own research. We and just did it all on our own. Like, there's a few people we talked to. Yeah. Shout out Josh very, Bryant. Very minimally, but not really. Like we should have been. We should have been talking to Josh Bryant every 
you know, like just way more than we did. Well, we, we should have been going to, to the local running groups, yeah, yep. getting to know the people, asking yep. them questions, asking yep. them for help. But, but we just we were letting our fears kind of control that. We were too scared. Yeah, like yeah. they're because they're. I honestly remember like ah, they're just going to tell us we're doing it wrong, you know. And I don't. Who wants to be told you're doing it wrong? Right. Most Which we we were told that we were doing it wrong. A yes. Lot. <laughs> we, some people even we, but, we but didn't even on, ask them. On social media. We didn't even ask them, and they told us we were doing it wrong. That probably so. fed into our fear even more. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, anyways, no, I think those are three great lessons. Well, and and I'm also thinking about when you're in the middle of a hundred mile race. Okay, giving yourself grace. It's funny because it rhymes. Anyways, let's say you're comparing yourself to other runners, like, like you know, your race, for example. You're thrown up in diarrhea, and you're like, it's not fair. Like, I had a great training program. Look at all these people who are running past me and doing great. And, and you know, sometimes I feel the same where I'm like, I'm a healthy person. I exercise. I eat good. I lift weights. I, I run. Like, I should be able to be that woman who's like, running up until her due date, you know, but look at all these other pregnant women who are running, but you know, you need to give your, you know, give yourself grace and realize that your situation is different than everyone else's situation. And then ask for help and let people help when you're in a hundred mile race, you know, at, at the aid stations, sit down, the volunteers are there to help and they want to help. Let them help, give them your pack tell them what you need and and let them help you ask ask for a foot rub i guarantee you there's going to be someone at aid station who's going to be willing to rub your your dirty sweaty feet yeah and it's going to make a big difference so yeah before we move on from this topic i want to preview an episode that will be coming out probably in like a monthish anyways we we interviewed Joe Nevshimal. There we go. I think we, I said it right. We've his last name. Joe Nevshimal. <laughs> and he he just finished his first 100-mile race. Shout out to Joe. Thanks for joining us on the pod. We actually interviewed him earlier today. But he gave me an I asked him through an email earlier about what was the most important lesson you've learned from ultra running. And he didn't really say this, actually, in the podcast. He said a lot of other good stuff, though. So you guys should be excited for that one. He said, have mercy on yourself when it comes to training and training plan. Learn to embrace the needs of yourself, both mentally and physically. And then he says, in parentheses, body signals. Make sure that your journey into ultra marathon running is not a chore or becomes one which you shame or neglect self-talk because you missed a workout or cut a run short. If your body says 10 miles on the training plan, but that is too much, do five miles and try to know internally you are not a failure. And he said, that's something I struggle with. Self-doubt and self-negative talk is your biggest danger. That goes along with what we're saying perfectly. Yeah. He worded that so well. Yep. You know, you wanted to do a 50K... It just didn't happen, and maybe you'll know do it earlier in pregnancy next time. Uh, or or hopefully I do, what I'm hoping is I do pelvic floor physical therapy and figure out these yeah. issues with my hips so that doesn't happen Like this is around. your first time through pregnancy. So anyways, but yeah, you know, you gotta, you're not going to keep, things won't go perfectly, but he said, you know, he didn't say if you have a 10-mile run, it's okay to not do anything. No, he said, it's okay to go do five. 
So you're still doing something. And sometimes, because I always like to throw this in there, sometimes it is okay yeah, to I've not done that. do anything. I've done that. Sometimes I'm going to say that, that that should be in a, a rare occasion. I had that happen to me when I was training for Scout, and I actually think that was the right call. I took two days off, and I thought that was 100% the right call looking back. Well, I love that he mentioned body cues. Listen to what your body's telling you. Something that I tell all of my athletes is your your body knows better than I know. Your body triumphs. Your body is the ultimate coach. So learn to tune into your body and listen to what it's telling you. Yeah. Because there's no training plan or coach that is going to know more than your body does. Yeah. So, okay. Is hiking something you should plan into a training cycle? 100%. Okay, why and when would give me like examples of when this would be effective? Okay, well, most 100-mile races, you're going to be hiking. Especially when I think of a 100-mile race, I think of a lot of climbing. I know that there's lots of 100-mile races out there that don't have a lot of climbing, but even then, chances are you're going to be hiking or, or speed walking some of it. And when you're walking or hiking, you are using different muscles. So it is worth your time to exercise those muscles and to um, get your speed up, When get your hiking speed up or your speed walking speed up. So when you do hit a time where you have to walk or hike or when you should walk or hike because you're preserving energy, um, you know, when you get there, then you've exercised those muscles and, and you can do it as fast as possible because it still is a race, right? We're, yeah. we're still trying to beat cutoffs. We're still trying to, um, go as fast as we can. So, you know, work on those muscles, get your speed up in that area. That doesn't mean that you have to, you know, hike every other day, but I, I would say throwing in at least, you know, one to two hikes instead of runs in your workout plan every week. Every week? Yeah. You're thinking hiking every week. Oh yeah, totally. Of course. Yeah. So think about it. When we were training for a hundred, how often were we hiking or speed hiking? A lot, right? But we built it into our runs. Well, yeah. But I classified it as a run because if it was like a downhill or a flat, I would still try to run. Right, right. But yeah, if it was an uphill. And yeah, and if I just felt exhausted and needed a break at some point during it, I would hike a lot of it, even the flats and downs. Yeah, and and I guess that's how you can get it into your long run. On your long run, you're probably going to be running slash hiking a part of it. I do think on top of that, I think it's good to maybe occasionally say, okay, today instead of a long run, I'm going to hike this entire thing. You don't have to do that all the time, but I would say throwing throwing in a few like long hikes instead of long runs would be would be really beneficial. And then I would throw in like a speed hike in the middle of the week. Maybe even consider a, a speed hike with like a weighted vest on or an extra heavy pack just to just to work those hiking muscles. So I like the weighted vest idea. Yeah. That could be seen as strength training. Yeah. Could you replace a strength workout? Like say it's a strength day. Could you replace that with a weighted vest hike? I wouldn't do that all the time, but yeah. Occasionally? Yeah. I'd say so. Okay. Here's what I would say. Okay. 
Go. Now you're ready for the Jacob Bateman opinion. <laughs> and and honestly, like this is the hard thing with training plans. There's so many different approaches you can take. Everybody's different. Every body is different. But the general thing that I'm saying is get hiking in. Practice your hiking. However, you want to get that okay. in there. Because here's how I would get it in. Let me okay. tell you how Jacob Bateman would do it. All right, Jacob Bateman, the one and only it. legend. Wow. <laughs> Wow, Melody. (laughs) Melody was not impressed with that statement. So I would, I would definitely not plan hikes. I wouldn't plan hikes in my training plan. You just would sprinkle it in there when it feels right. Yeah, like I know when my body feels tired and when I need to hike more. Yeah, but what about practicing hiking when your body doesn't feel tired, so you can get the most out of that hiking workout? Okay, here's where I would do it on a recovery day. Unless it's a speed hike with a weighted vest, then you don't want to do that on correct, a recovery day. Correct, correct. But I think hiking on a recovery day is a great... That is great cross-training, yeah. Is a, is a great thing to institute into your training plan. If I got to like a week and I'm like, ooh, like I am toasted like i feel like i need a break my body's really feeling it then if i had like a six mile run that day and i knew that would on average take me hour hour and a half Mm -hmm. then you would just hike for an hour i would hike that hour and a half yeah i think that's that's a great way to do it too i i do think you still need to throw in some hiking workouts not when what am I saying? You need to throw in hiking workouts when you're feeling good, too. Okay, just to learn how to hike fast? Yeah, and so you can get the most out of that workout. Okay, I can I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, I would a, do it more than just when you're tired. Yeah, and I, Mark, Melody's father, one of his takeaways that he was telling us from doing these hikes and not actually running was he says, you know, like, the time on feet benefit. He's like, yeah. yeah, he's like, it's amazing. My feet are hurting from this, you know, and this is working different muscles. He noticed it takes more well. stability and control when you're hiking downhill versus when you're running downhill. Yeah. It, it's actually harder in a lot of ways. So it could be seen as a way to round your, your muscles out, you know, a little bit, become just a little bit more overall strong. And he said he wants to implement one long hike a month. Yeah. Where he just like goes hikes the mountain instead of runs the mountain. Like what we've been doing, which I think is actually, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I think that's, that's a, smart. Yeah. yeah. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, and maybe even do that. that on your, well, I was going to say do that on your recovery week, but you also do need to consider that you are on your feet longer. So sometimes that. Well, it still might not be a bad recovery. <sighs> it just it just depends on how yeah, long it is. Yeah, I guess you... Because here, like Ben Lomond, when we don't hike it, we can do it in four hours, right? It took us eight hours hiking it. So let's say it's it's your recovery week, and so you choose to hike it instead of running it, and you just added an extra four hours on your yeah. feet that week. So, so I guess this is a topic to be researched more. Yeah, yeah. I mean... to be understood a little more. Honestly, but. it's... This has been like my big saying lately. I've been working with one client in particular who is super type A and she reminds me so much of how I was when we first started running. And I I really have learned like throughout the years to not be as obsessed with the numbers and the plan. And, And I've realized that training plans 
um, or building a training plan, it honestly is more of an art than a science. There's all, you know, there's the general rule of thumb things that you follow, like building your base. And we know that you want base strength training, uh, speed work, you know, there's, there's the basics, but then a lot of it is just kind of listening to your body and trying different things and every, everybody's super different. So, um, the big takeaway here is throw in hiking. Make sure you're hiking, um, however you want to throw that into your training plan. Um, and maybe it takes getting a coach to help you like kind of figure out what, you know, how to best build that into your plan. Uh, maybe it just takes some trial and error on your part, um, to see kind of what works and, and what doesn't. And, and that's part of the fun of running is this something you can, you know, do and test for your whole life. So, so the big takeaways go slow. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? You can cut that out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, everybody, you heard Coach Melody say it. Throw in some hiking into your training. Be okay. Hey, Coach Jacob said it too. Be okay with going slow here and there. Um. Anyways, so been a fun month. Has been a fun month. Yes, I have a 50K coming up this month, Skyline 50K. Got about five, I think it's like 8,000-ish feet of vert. So that'll be fun. And I'm actually going to just kick it into gear and go all out. Because I don't, I don't yeah. have many races where I actually kick it into gear and go all out. Because all almost all the time, my shorter races are seen as training races for a 100-mile race. So I've never really known what I can do on the shorter distances. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for you. And yeah. he, Jacob's been training f- fairly well. Um, mm, I mean, great guys. I mean, Not you haven't great, stuck to a plan like you have for Scout, but you're still getting out and running. Yeah. Like, you're still doing stuff. I made some new strength training I've been going on all that... hikes instead of long runs, so we'll see how that affects oh, my 50 <laughs> I guess we'll see how it goes. Yeah, but... I've probably been doing more hiking than a coach would recommend for someone running a 50K, so we'll see. You, you definitely are. But I, I think that's important. I feel like you're kind of in this transition phase where – Maybe you're not following the schedule like perfectly, but you're still getting out. You're still moving. You're listening to your body. And I think every every year, everybody needs to take a few months of like unstructured, yeah, uh, working out. Yeah, and then I'll be I'll be my brother's doing an adventure run. I'm not sure how long it is going to be, but I'm going to be joining him on his adventure run. And then that's and then I'll also be. Joining Ryan Head at the Wasatch 100, running the last basically 50k with him. So I'm gonna have a busy few weeks, some high mileage weeks up ahead of me, all kind of bunched up together. So, and I'll be there too, but on the crew side. Yes. So it will be, it will be exciting. So see how that all goes down. Yeah, got some fun things uh, coming. So, and then after that, it's just it's baby time, man. We're yeah. just going to figure out, you know, we'll be able to relate to all you other runners who have kids and, you know. We'll see how it goes we'll from We'll see how it goes. We don't really know. <laughs> well, thank you all for joining us on the podcast today. If you are thinking about doing that 100-mile race next year, go to our website. Check out our coaching. We would love to just talk to you and 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 see what you're thinking and and just give you any bits of advice we can 
So, cause we want to see you guys succeed in your goals cause we know you can do it. So it'll change your life it, to the person who's considering running a hundred miles right now. It will change you and you can do it. Trust me. You can, it, you have way more in you than you realize. Um, so, much so we'd love to talk with you. You can book a, a consultation with us on trailed100.com. And we came up with a new tagline we for did. the 100 miles. We're excited for about it. 100. We're going to be exiting this podcast with our new, fresh tagline. We're just trying to be cooler and cooler every day. Yes. You know? <laughs> yes, we are. So, speaking of what I was just saying about if you're considering <laughs> running 100 miles, if you want to run 100 miles, Make you... it happen. What? <laughs> Jacob Osley doesn't know our tagline. <laughs> what, what were you going to say? You can do you it? You can do it. <laughs> All right. Wouldn't that be funny? We're like, you guys, we have the coolest tagline yeah, ever. You can do, do it. Pregnancy <laughs> brain, guys. You were the one who messed up. Exactly. Jacob has have he has had some serious sympathy symptoms. That that is totally real. So guys, if you want to run a hundred miles, make, make it, it happen. happen. <laughs> hey guys, super exciting news. Pine Tree Running is now Trail to 100 Coaching, and Jacob is officially a coach. That's right. So if you're ready to take the next step in your training and run that race you've always wanted to run, we would be honored to help guide you on your ultra running journey. At Trail to 100 Coaching, you'll receive a custom running plan with strength training options, constant communication with your coach, and you'll be connected with other runners like you who are also on their Trail to 100. If you want to learn more, check out our website, trailto100.com. Please feel free to contact us with any questions you have. If you want to run 100 miles, make, make it, it happen. happen.